We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. March has arrived, and we are only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that big tournament. Make sure to head to betonline.ag and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest starting March 15th. That's right, I said $100,000 and March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get in on, on the action, and with multiple entries available, it's this season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, BetOnline.ag is the place to be for all your betting needs. So go ahead, visit our good friends and exclusive partner, BetOnline.ag, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. NBA Most Valuable Player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Giannis Antetokounmpo. One second. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Hello and welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, here to record one of our most somber podcasts of the year, although I don't think it's going to be too doom and gloom. I guess we'll see. Uh, this is coming the day after, so we had some time to to cope with it. The Bucks lose 113-103 in Los Angeles to the Lakers, now going 3-1 and this season against the LA teams after a back-and-forth game. As always, I'm here to break this down with Rohan Kadi. Rohan, how's it going? You know, I'm doing all right. This might be... Would you consider this to be more somber than the post-Christmas uh, game episode? Or, I feel like I, it's a I, li- I don't. I don't think so, actually. I feel like they're both around even. 
I feel like they're around even. I I would think the the Christmas one felt worse to me mm-hmm. because it really felt like Philly's thing was going to pay off. I mean, their whole thing, their whole we're going to go big and that's how we're going to beat the Bucks like and we we I didn't think it was going to work. It seemed like it was going to after that game. And obviously the game sense it yeah, doesn't it was, seem that it way. It was a game where Philly actually really took control. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously the Bucks just shot poorly and Philly shot well, but still it felt like it felt like oh maybe there is something to this. This game it was a slop fest. It was a foul fest. It was a slop fest. I mean, let's get this one over with early. Let's either make bandwagon fans or not bandwagon fans, excuse me, the opposite of that. Let's make the diehard local Homer fans either love us or hate us. What were your thoughts on the whistle in this game? It seemed at first it sort of seemed like the Bucks were sort of getting the favorable call because every time you get a like the refs are calling foul on LeBron, it's like a win for the other team because that mm-hmm. never happens. And it just seemed like the Lakers were trying their best to flop their way to victory. And usually against Milwaukee, when you're in L.A., that's going to work. But it didn't really seem like it was working early on. And so I was thinking, oh, maybe this is actually going to be a favorable whistle for the Bucs. But at the end of the day, the free throw disparity was massive. So I can't really say in favor of the Lakers. So I can't really say that the Bucks ended up getting a favorable whistle in the end of the day, but it felt like it early on. Yeah, for sure. So that that's the number that people are running with. The Lakers shoot 38 free throws and make 31 of them. The Bucks only shoot 23 and make 17. However, the Lakers did have a good amount of offensive fouls, especially early on, like you were talking about. So those aren't leading to free throws, but the Lakers uh, get... 27 fouls called on them. The Bucks get 32 fouls called on them. So not as many shooting fouls, clearly. The disparity wasn't as crazy as it seems, and I agree with you. I think early on the Bucks got a very friendly whistle. I think a couple of offensive fouls that you just don't see that often. AD's, I think, third or fourth foul, I think it was third, when he basically just chucked Wes Matthews into LeBron, that one you have to call. Um, just because if you don't, you basically have to call Wes for a foul and have LeBron shoot free, three free throws. And that's a pretty tough beat for a guy who just got like thrown by a massive center. Yeah, no, I think the, the reason why people are clinging to the free throw disparity is because the Lakers as a team average like 24 free throw attempts, 23.9 to be exact, on the season, and they mm-hmm. shot 38. Yeah, no, they shot a ton, and it was mostly LeBron and AD who did almost all the heavy lifting for the Lakers, although Kyle Kuzma grifted himself a couple and made it, managed to score that way, but... Um, in talking about this game, I feel like the real swing moment of it was the third quarter when the, the fouls were really going in, in L.A.'s favor. The Bucks just weren't weren't able to execute at all. And I don't think that was just because of a bad whistle. I think the Bucks were getting rattled. Uh, the Lakers do go on an 18-0 run, I believe, early in that third quarter to bust this thing open. And the Bucks threaten a few times, make it pretty interesting in the fourth quarter, get it down to uh, around five-point deficit, but cannot come back for the win. The Lakers end up winning it. I don't know what were before we get to this third quarter, which was obviously the swing. Let's go over the first half pretty quickly. I thought it was a pretty standard, you know, big game back and forth half. The Bucks end up up a little bit, but you're not going to get a wire to wire win over the Lakers at home when you're already one and zero against them this year, especially when LeBron and AD are healthy. Um, so it, it felt pretty standard to me, and the teams are tied at halftime. What was your thought, Rohan, on the uh, the first half? It's like you said, it felt like a really big game. These are the Lakers. This is in Staples Center and they are a contender. Like you're not going to get an easy win. This game was billed as a potential finals matchup and it lived up to the hype. It was a very good game, especially in the first half. 
ending up at like what 48 48 at halftime if i remember uh, correctly yes um so it was just it was just trading buckets going back and forth going on little runs and it was it was really fun to watch yeah it was and it's that makes it such a bummer that the bucks got steamrolled in that third quarter because if you look at it first quarter milwaukee up three uh halftime or second quarter the, the lakers went by three to tie it up and then the fourth quarter ended up being 27 26 bucks and there wasn't a ton of real garbage time. Giannis stayed in pretty late. LeBron stayed in almost the whole game. So pretty pretty accurate reflection of the scoring margin there. I think the Lakers made it a little closer than it was late after the game was basically already over. But So it's three quarters that are all pretty close within three points of the teams, and then the Lakers win that third quarter by 11. And again, that's the Bucks had to come back to make it just 11 points after that awful 18-0 run. Um, my take there was the calls didn't help for sure. I'm not gonna go. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna go full Buford and say that the game was rigged and, and the officials handed it to LA. I know a lot of people think that. People are gonna think what they're gonna think. The truth is, if you go back and look, the Bucks did not execute well at all. They were they were rattled. They were flustered. Eric Bledsoe was trying to do literally everything and ended up doing just about nothing. At least positive. Uh, no one was making threes. They weren't running plays. There was way too much like one or no pass possessions. A lot of ISO. And it just, we see when the Bucks play that way, it, it either doesn't work or it doesn't work nearly as well. When that ball's not moving, when they're not getting some better matchups, running some Giannis, Chris pick and roll, which early in the third quarter, they, they ran it twice in a row. And what I'm not calling the play, the, the Chris Giannis pick and roll. And it worked both times. One was inverted, one not. Um, and I got a lot of people tweeting me like, look, they're doing it. And then they stopped doing it. So I don't know, Rohan, what do you think about that? that horrible that run that really i think was the decisive moment in the game well first off we have to credit the lakers defense they were on an entirely other level in that third quarter which helped fuel that run because usually when you watch this team it goes like defense to offense that's why it's like showtime they run uh they they get stops on the defensive end then just go out running um so that was on full display in that third quarter. There was a lot of good defense being played, especially uh, AD and LeBron. LeBron took the he took the um, main assignment of guarding Giannis. I think early in the third quarter. Yeah, I did he, not think we were going to see that in the regular season. He the thing is he's been doing that like to close games. Like he'll mm-hmm. he'll go on the opposing team's best player in like with if it's a close game with like a couple minutes left, like he'll do it. Like it's like break glass in case of emergency type thing. He did that early in the third quarter on Giannis. Yeah. And that's sort of what fueled this run. Because LeBron, we know, is an otherworldly defender when he's locked in. And he proved that. He was he was he was doing some good things against Giannis. Yeah, he was. I I think Giannis made it too easy on him. And this is something that I've been talking about and realizing more and more. And I think it's gonna be one of the important sort of indicators on how the Bucks go in the playoffs this year. And I I still think they're gonna go very, very far, to be clear. But Giannis should not just be like dribble the ball up and then just try to straight line drive in like he that's not going to work against the lead defenses it's not going to work in the playoffs when you really don't get calls especially you know going after a set defender it's really hard to get calls that way especially when like the other the, the other options were working so well Giannis rolling Giannis you know giving dribble handoffs and then cutting to the basket all these other things that's the kind of stuff that's what you want to put LeBron through LeBron is going to be of course great if you just try to run into him because LeBron is still one of maybe the strongest player in the league he's obviously very very smart what LeBron doesn't want to do in year 17 or 18 or whatever 
is like fight like fight around a screen or have to switch and chase Chris. And then obviously if that happens, then Giannis has a more favorable matchup. That's the kind of hard choices you want to make LeBron make. You don't just want to let him literally stand back there at the elbow and, and wait for, for wait for Giannis. That's too easy. And I yeah. think that was really that whole run, it was just the Bucks were making it way too easy for the Lakers. But like you said, credit to the Lakers who played fantastic. Danny Green was just a menace in that third quarter. I can't believe he only has two steals. It felt like within about a minute he got two steals coming from the behind and picking somebody's pocket when the Bucks did try to run in transition. But yeah, the Lakers certainly were locked in. You could tell this game really meant something to them. Yeah, I feel like Giannis was sort of playing into LeBron's hands because LeBron was yeah. trying to make it. He was trying to make it a show. He was trying to make it like it's me versus Giannis. I'm going to try to prove how I'm the MVP or whatever. I'm the best player in the world. He's the washed king, remember, Ty? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you know about it. Oh, I hate that so much. Um, <laughs> and then Giannis was feeding into that. Like you said, he, they were going away from what was working, trying to make it trying to make it a show, and that didn't really work. No, so we'll go through all of the Bucks guys, but let's let's finish talking about the Lakers first. I mean, they're, obviously they're going to come up, but uh, LeBron another terrific performance for him. In and I will say this, I don't want to go deep on this. I think it's been talked about way too much, but he is an MVP candidate. I don't think he has a better case than Giannis, to be sure. But I also think saying that it's over, it's done, it's locked away. There's literally no chance. It's a little premature. Let's let the season play out. Giannis has a great lead. This game obviously is, helps LeBron a little bit, despite Giannis being very good as well. But I, I just I, I think people get so upset at there even being a conversation. There can be a conversation. There's 20 games-ish left. But anyway, uh, LeBron puts up 37 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 steals, and 4 turnovers, despite shooting just 1 for 7 from deep. The Lakers as a team were terrible from 3-point range, shooting 6 for 32, a very rare loss for the Bucks in which the other team does not shoot a lot or well from the three-point range. The Bucks on the other end, 12 for 43, so really not that much better. But um, you can't just look at shooting variance on this game because it's not a pretty picture from Milwaukee. But LeBron, I think, especially in that third quarter, made a lot of crucial plays that, that really amped uh, the Lakers up. But it was Anthony Davis, shockingly for me, who I think won this thing for the Lakers in the end. His defense in the fourth quarter... He ends up isoing Marvin Williams and even even gets some buckets on Giannis to fall in that fourth quarter. I think he had like five-ish points through the first quarter. I don't remember where he was at throughout, but definitely a loud, impactful fourth quarter for AD. He ends up with 30 points, nine boards, two blocks, and four turnovers. He's a plus eight. Uh, all the Lakers starters were in plus. Most of the Lakers entirely were positive except for their bench. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I was pretty surprised to see AD being the guy to step up and get the Lakers this win. Yeah, it was. I feel like it's been like that. I don't want to say the whole season because it's clearly like LeBron is the number one on this team. But I'm just looking at this box score again right now. I don't remember AD having 30. No, right? It was quiet. It was a quiet 30, at least until the end. Yeah, at the end, I agree. He was getting the. Uh, it was when he was like teetering between six and eight point lead in the fourth quarter and like the Bucks were getting like, you know, buckets to go cut it to six or cut it to five. And then AD would just come and respond right away. Yeah. And they, it just sort of killed the chances of the Bucks actually completing the comeback. So he was huge down the stretch, especially when um, Marvin Williams was isoed on him. It was just it was too easy. He's, he's too <sighs> yeah, big. Wanna, he's too skilled. I want to get there for sure. I don't I don't know what the idea was having Marv guard planned on like it, it 
it, it looked so it looked like the plan was for him to guard first LeBron and then AD, and it's just like everybody knows I'm a Marv proponent. I like Marv. You're asking a lot. You're asking. I mean, this guy was an Andrew Bogut's draft class, man. You're asking a lot for Marvin Williams to try and guard LeBron, much less AD, who is much bigger. Especially I, I I when I didn't Wes like Matthews was doing a decent job. Yeah, I, I thought I think about as, as about as much as you can expect someone to slow down LeBron. Like I mean, in that first quarter, I think one of the first plays was West drawing a charge on LeBron. Yeah, like he was he was doing great. Was. He was doing yep. what you can do, and especially like that uh, illegal screen on AD. It was West fighting through it, and he was I don't know. He was he was doing as well as you can do. Like we've talked all season about how West has taken up uh, guarding like the opposing team's best player and doing a great job, just alleviating the pressure that Giannis and Chris have to do on the defensive end so they can focus on the offensive end. Like West has really owned up to that, and he was doing as good of a job as you can do early on. Like I think, I think LeBron had two points in the first quarter. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was pretty low. I have the uh, the fourth quarter numbers up right now. Do you know how many points were scored by non-LeBron AD Lakers in the fourth quarter? I didn't. I don't know. I'm gonna guess like four. One. One. Okay. <laughs> and Alex Caruso free throw is the only one. The rest of the Lakers combined to shoot zero for four from the field. That's all they did. The Lakers as a team shoot zero for six from deep. Literally, AD has 14 in the fourth. LeBron has 11 in the fourth. That's the game. And I can live with LeBron having 11. I don't think there's a lot you can do about that. And he also he only has one assist, 11 and one assist, two steals, which is huge, three fouls. So LeBron was good in the fourth. Anthony Davis is the one who put the game over. 14 points, six rebounds, one turnover, one block for AD. So 14 of his 30 come in the fourth quarter. I think six of his nine rebounds, two of those are offensive. That's when he made the biggest difference. And that's honestly, I think it should have been Giannis's assignment. I think that should have been... Giannis's job to guard him. I think we've seen success there. If nothing else, I guess you try Brooke Lopez out there. I just do not agree with trying to put Marvin Williams on him. And it, it didn't work. And I don't want to say it cost the Bucks the game. A lot of things went to Milwaukee losing. But just AD was able to run rough shot in that fourth quarter. And it, it put the game away for LA. Yeah, it really did. I feel uh, it was sort of later on in the fourth quarter that they realized, oh, we should maybe probably put Giannis on AD. And it Giannis was- looked gassed. He did. Like, yeah, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little later, but um, putting Giannis on AD, it it was a little, it was too much too late, or too little well, too late. And then <laughs> the one possession that he, he was, Giannis swipes in and, and gets a foul for mm-hmm. really no good reason on what was going to be a fadeaway. I mean, Anthony Davis is a good player, actually shooting, I think, a lower percentage on jumpers this season than Giannis. So yes, if, if AD what has he's not been do, a good jump shooter this year. He hasn't. So if his look is a fadeaway turnaround jumper over Giannis, there's no reason to put your arms anywhere, anywhere but straight up. Make him make the shot. I, I don't. I didn't like his chances at making the shot. That's just again. I think Giannis has all the tools. That he has. The, I think mostly has the teammates around him. We'll get to that to be better than he was tonight. I think there was a, a bit of a discipline discipline problem for Giannis on on both ends of the floor. But we will get to the Bucks in just one second. But first, speaking of Giannis, did you know he has added? 50 pounds of muscle and counting since his rookie year that is a lot of muscle folks if you want to get swole like the greek freak did maybe not that swole but still d1 training milwaukee is the place for you also d1 milwaukee is the place for the athlete and every coach is either a former collegiate athletic 
athlete, excuse me, or a former D1 strength and conditioning coach. They know their stuff. The programs are based in sports science and the facility is state of the art, featuring a 40 yard long indoor turf field and NFL combine testing equipment that can be utilized for many different sports. D1 Milwaukee offers a team atmosphere and a personalized achievement plan to achieve your specific goals. You are the one who sets the goal, and then D1 Milwaukee helps get you there. And you can check it out for free just for listening to the Eurostep. Head on over to their new location in the Mequon Pavilions right off I-43 to get your first workout and a one-on-one fitness assessment, again, for absolutely free. Go hit up D1 Training Milwaukee at 11020 Northport Washington Road in Mequon, right by First Watch, a great brunch spot, and tell them the Eurostep sent you to get in shape like Giannis did, and receive that free first workout and one-on-one fitness assessment. Kind of a decent, probably could have even done a better segue with the whole Giannis little gas thing and, and working out, but I think when it comes to Giannis and, and his condition, I think the, the first topic on everyone's minds, especially late in that game, is his knee okay. Seemed to fall, who was that under him? Was that Avery Bradley? It was Avery Bradley, yep. Avery Bradley trying to take a charge. This is the worst thing in basketball. If we got rid of him, I'd be fine. Sorry, Ursan Nation. I don't care. Get rid of the charge. But uh, And there can still be offensive fouls, but enough of this just sliding under people. Like Make it be an actual foul. But anyway, um, Avery Bradley tries to take a charge. Giannis lands very strangely, kind of shoots his leg like up, up straight and kind of holding it. Looked like I, I thought it, it was going to be bad. I, hopefully it's not bad. Giannis does play basically the rest of the game. After the game, I was watching the post-game interview with Coach Mike Budenholzer. He said, as far as they know, everything is fine. They had a brief conversation. Giannis said he was fine, of course. Um, We'll see what, if anything, comes out about that in the coming days. But it certainly seemed like Giannis was walking a little bit gingerly after that and not really exerting himself. Rohan, what are your uh, from-afar injury takes? Well, I tweeted this when it happened, like my life flashed before my eyes. Yes. I was... I like everything just sort of stopped because I was like, oh, my God, this this might be it. It's like just it can't like it just can't happen. Like, come on. Yeah. My uh, my buddy texted me when that happened and he was like, he's a Bulls fan. He was like, I was getting D Rose flashbacks. And I was like, oh, "Oh, this isn't helping at all. Oh, yeah. Don't do you send that later after we know it's not like that, please. Mm hmm. And I was just like, oh, okay. Well, thank you for uh, just absolutely uh, crushing my mood. (laughs) Jeez. When he he got up like five seconds later and I was like, I just, you know, they say like you breathe a sigh of relief. Like I I did. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Yeah, it was, whoo, that was, that was scary. That was really scary. I was, yeah. Yeah, no, but uh, I mean, I, what we have to go on right now is hopefully it's just, I don't know, what, I don't know what the technical term is, like a, like a, not a sprain, I think a sprain is worse, you know, like what's that term when like strain. you just kind of, is it strain? Strain or sprain, I feel like, yeah, I think a strain, like you're almost like hyperextending like your patellar tendon or something. Yeah, which is like, kind of just don't walk on it for a little while. Yeah, it's like maybe like, it's like rest it for like a week or two. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Mm. Like, especially because what in the upcoming like two week schedule, I I looked at this. They have two big games, I think, the Nuggets and the Celtics. But other than that, honestly, it's just... basically just one big game. If the Nuggets beat the Bucks, okay, it's in Denver, isn't it? Uh, I believe so. 
Yeah, that, that's a hard game. Honestly, it, I mean, it's big. It's a good team. Like, I see what you're saying, but I wouldn't. I, I, let, let's be honest. If the Nuggets are the finals matchup, I, I don't care if they do beat, beat the Bucks twice. I'm totally fine with that. Totally fine with Nikola Jokic being the, the guy to beat and not LeBron or Kawhi Leonard. So uh, go Denver. No, uh, like, can... uh, yes, no, I completely agree. Yeah. I'm just saying like in terms of like Giannis being right, willing right, to right. miss games because yeah. we all know that he is a psychopath. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> he's not going to want to miss those sort of games, especially when it's just like a precautionary rest. No, yeah. For, and the, the question asked to Bud was like, do you kind of have to – prevent like look out for him from him because you know he always wants to play and bud's like yeah we definitely have to protect him from himself sometimes but i don't know i tweeted pull him after it uh i thought and this was like i I'm and then usually, or maybe not <laughs> and then and then no definitely do it um um but i'm one of those who i'd never call games basically until they're really over i mean i, I thought they had a chance pretty much all the way through until even that play mm-hmm. but the bucks even don't if, the bucks don't get blown up no, they they've never gotten get blown, blown out. out once the season. They're always in games. Yes, but that said, like I'd rather lose the game and, and make sure Giannis is okay than than it's just not worth it. Like especially being down, it's not. It was close, but not like not like one point close. I I just I didn't I didn't love the decision to keep him in. I know that it's Giannis. He he is the franchise. I mean, like he. What Giannis wants to do is pretty no, much yeah, no, what's no, going to happen right, a lot of right. the time. Giannis but, is the franchise. <laughs> but but. I think you got to say, you know, let's check this out real quick, Giannis. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm sure we're going to hear some news about it in the upcoming days uh, because they're going to obviously go through, like, extensive testing to make sure everything's okay because when you take a scary fall like that, there's there's no yeah. chance that they're not going to do that. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we just have to wait and see. We do. So the rest of Giannis' night... Um, Obviously, uh, he he is great. It was sort of a, a great game. I mean, that's that's tough to say. I mean, I don't know. He, he played too unfocused for a lot of the game, but he does put up 32 points, 11 boards, six assists, one steal, shoots 10 for 21 from the field, just one for six of deep. But encouragingly, was 10 for 10 from the free throw line until that fall. Misses both of those and one more. Ends up going 11 for 14 from the charity stripe overall. Kind of a quiet subplot. A lot of people outside of you know Bucks watchers are missing. That new shortened stroke that I believe he debuted against the Pelicans has really been working for Giannis. Oh, no, for sure. I think he's at, like, around what he had tonight, like around 78% yeah. from the free throw line after that change, which is a drastic improvement on what he was, was in the, the 60s, right? Yeah, which is a very poor free throw shooting season for him. But I'm just glad he's figured it out because it, it seems to be working. It's just more routine. He knows exactly how many dribbles he's taken every time. It's less mental. It's more uh, mechanical. So, it, yeah. it's it's good. It is good. What wasn't good was Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe. Correct. Um, the blood, the Bledsoe, <laughs> the Bledsoe dialogue is going to be in full force. It already has started. I've seen retweets from like the summer brought back like during the game, especially that third quarter, part of that 0 and 18 run where he was just making unfathomably unfathomably bad decisions. Um, people saying, like, it, you know, Eric Bledsoe is a question mark. Eric Bledsoe is why I don't know if, if I trust the Bucks to win a title, etc., etc. Early on, I thought he was okay. Uh, some people were kind of anti-Bled early. I thought he made a couple nice plays, kind of kept the Bucks in it in the second quarter. Third quarter, the rails came off. Eric Bledsoe tried to do everything. I just think we've seen, like, he can try to do a lot sometimes. You know, he can be... A great complimentary guy when Eric Bledsoe tries to take over, especially against 
a very good team like this, and, and he just does all of this and gets kind of that same tunnel vision Giannis does at times, it's usually not going to be very good for the Bucks. Correct. Uh, we've talked uh, a lot about how Eric Bledsoe is sort of, if he's on, it's hard to beat the team like the mm. Bucks. If all three of Giannis, Chris, and uh, Bledsoe are on, it's kind of hard for the Bucks to win when two of those guys are not on, especially mm. Bledsoe, because he's he's a little more ball dominant than Middleton. So yeah. when he gets uh, just when he's not doing his best, it sort of hurts the team a lot, and we saw that in this game. Yeah, and unfortunately, speaking of of injuries and stuff, George Hill misses this game. I think Mm -hmm. his second one in a row after Miami from Goran Dragic giving him a a very questionably probably dirty kick to the Wallabies that has not tied tied on him for two games. Yeah, somehow it wasn't a foul, but it was. Wasn't it a flagrant after the yes, game? Yes, it was. It was deemed a flagrant one, but not even a <sighs> offensive foul on the. You know, that whatever. Miami game, man. That <laughs> Miami game. Um, regardless, <laughs> uh, let, let, we'll let the listeners into this a little bit. Before we started recording, we said, "Oh, are we going to talk about the Miami game on this podcast?" You're like, you "No." You said that. Yeah. You we we didn't say that. Yeah, I, I, said I did that. not bring it up. I that was that. a yeah. No. Yes, but <laughs> I I snuck it in there anyway. Uh, yeah, it got in there. Well, it came up, but George Hill certainly would helped yeah no for sure especially in the third quarter when the lakers were going on that run it's just like the bucks were sort of going off the rails and what has george hill excelled at this entire season stabilizing the team yep yep mm-hmm. the stabilizer yeah so yeah, that if, if george hill was in i feel like this would have been a completely different story because it was more of the bucks sort of beating themselves in this game yeah, I think a lot of it was. I, I, I don't think the Bucks gave nearly their best shot tonight. No, and I think I, George Hill would have really helped. He would have, but even without him, I think Milwaukee certainly could have won if Chris Middleton had a typical Chris Middleton game. He did not. Chris ends up with 12 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 5 for 19 from the floor, 2 for 10 from 3 for, I believe, the second straight game that's been his exact line from deep. He just doesn't look right. I, I don't think he was like neutralized by terrific defense. As you said, the Lakers defended very well, but like Chris was getting to his spots. Sometimes he took some bad shots on that run. He was certainly guilty with the rest of the team of really forcing it, like taking contested pull-ups early in the shot clock, not trying to penetrate, not trying to create for his teammates like we've seen him do and saw him do at times in this game. There were some times when he looked terrific, mostly when he was running that pick and roll, which has been just an absolute menace for the Bucks. Um, they've created a lot of points per possession anytime Chris runs a pick and roll. But uh, when he wasn't doing that, he just had a lot of trouble making anything fall. I think his shooting stroke and everything has been off since this pretty mysterious neck injury. We don't know that much about this thing, do we? No, we really don't. And it's been the three games that he's returned that have been like his worst three game stretch of the season. Like yeah. he's he's gone the twelve points against the Lakers, twenty points against the Pacers, which is good. But he he was doing so much better before the injury, and then twelve points against Miami. Like it's it's very strange, and it's definitely not a coincidence that it's coming right after he comes back from an injury that we didn't really hear a lot about. Yeah. So his numbers over the last three games, his averages fourteen point seven points per game shooting 35% from the field, 24% from three, perfect 100 from the free throw line on, I think, two attempts one, total. Two, two attempts total. I thought it was Miami. one. Yeah. Uh, 6.7 rebounds, so that's been relatively normal. Just two assists to two turnovers per game. So, like, that's just not the way – that's not how he's been all year, and that's just not 
that we know he's a much better player than this. I don't think this is mental. I really don't. I, I think, like I said, he got caught up with the rest of the team in that third quarter, but he's just not looking comfortable on his shots. He doesn't look wholly right. I think the Bucks might want to consider maybe giving him a game off too. I, I don't know if something is still lingering or maybe it is just a case of the yips coming back, although he looked a lot better when he came back from his previous injury this season. I don't know. It's very strange to me. This is all very strange and a little unsettling. I don't really know what's up with Chris right now aside from he just has not looked right since that neck. Is it Was it a, a strain? It was, was, it, it was just sore? neck soreness. soreness. Yeah. yeah, that's very – I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know. It's but anything neck concerns me a lot. Yeah, but I don't know. It, it felt a little alleviated when he came back after only two games, but I don't know. It's he doesn't look the same. Mm-mm. No, so and I really hope it's like you know. I mean, I don't hope, but I hope that there's like something. It's something that you know. Maybe if he takes another game or just gives it more time, he'll start to feel right again. I really hope it's not just like. No, something feels off and it's it's more than just physical because now you're talking about I don't think it'll be this extreme but now you're talking about the sort of Markel Fultz thing where it's just something is just off now and we've seen how destructive that can be I think Chris has a lot more history and, and a lot more knowledge of himself and his game than Fultz obviously did but I just I, I this all seems very weird and I just don't like the way it's played out I really wish we had some more information on, on what was going on there yeah so now going forward we have Giannis and Chris potential lingering injury concerns to deal with that's why it's it's very nice that even with this I think the Bucks are like nine games up on uh, on the rest of the east eight oh now they're just on the eight but still Only eight games down is a to lot of games, games. <laughs> down to down to eight games yeah I, I think somehow, I'm officially... somehow I feel like the Bucks aren't going to give up an eight game lead with like what 20 games left or something 18 that was me knocking on wood we don't want to uh we don't want to do that um <laughs> we don't want to jinx it but um i think i think that's the nice thing though about having that lead because i don't care about 70 anymore i, I would still love 70 but um it would be it would be nice. I would like it, but it's not obviously as important as as the ultimate goal the Bucks are going yeah. for. Turns out um, I can't do math. They have nineteen games left. Uh, nineteen games yes. left. So yeah, that's that's pretty pretty solid of a lead there. Um, I want to end with Dante to end on a high note. So which yes. of the other role players do you want to bounce around and talk about? I think I don't really have a lot on any of them, but what, who do you want to talk about besides Dante? Brook Lopez. Uh, okay, his three point shooting might be back. Three for four yeah. from deep in this game against the Lakers. Maybe it's a revenge game sort of thing because we all know, like, oh, the Lakers could have should have just kept Brook Lopez. Um, but you know, he's been struggling a lot this season from three. That's that's pretty evident. But if his stroke is back, that's only going to help the team even more. Like, I think this is the most made threes in a game since he went five for five in Orlando in the on february 8th mm-hmm. and that was his uh like this was only the second time he made three three pointers in a game since january oh. 16th oh my goodness mm-hmm. oh okay that's not that's still not not very many it's somebody tweeted the closer he is to a disney theme park the better off so <laughs> i guess i just need to build one in uh build one in milwaukee um just reading through quickly on, on chris right now uh eric names piece in the athletic from last night 
Giannis, like, it, it doesn't, not really much of a, anything about an injury. Giannis thinks Chris needs to keep shooting, even if you're having an off night. you got to keep shooting, even if you go 0 for 20, which I agree with that. But uh, hopefully it's just, just kind of a, a little slump and there's nothing more medically to it. it nothing, at least in that piece, uh, hinting that. But So it was definitely nice to see Brooke hit some threes. Um, I thought, honestly, it wasn't his best game defensively. I think he had a little bit of trouble. It seemed like both of the low bros were a little bit overwhelmed by the, the speed and athleticism of the Lakers in this game, which is, eh. I mean, Brooke is a, a plus two at the end of the day. He didn't have any blocks. He does foul out in just 29 minutes. Um, certainly, obviously, you know, some, some help on calls there. I thought probably Robin Lopez's worst game in several months, if not ever, just not, not a good night from Robin Lopez despite playing just eight minutes. Yeah, especially when a lot of what was needed from him in that sort of second half was just, you know, get some get some buckets. But it's kind of hard against the Lakers because they're so big. So we yeah. can't really use, like, a, his massive physical advantage. Like, he only takes one shot and he misses it. Uh, but you, Yeah, in 37 combined minutes, the Lopez brothers took two non-three-point attempts. Yeah. So you can't really do that. You can't... Uh, Here's the thing. This is the only team where you're going to have maybe like a similar sort of physicality down low. Like I don't think there's any other team besides not the, the good Lakers. ones at least. What? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's not other teams besides the Lakers that can match the Bucks in that respect. So, this is only a problem for like June. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. it's not super concerning, but it's still something to think about. Yeah, it is. I, I just think the Bucks. I, I think they didn't they didn't use some of their matchups well. I think they match up better than it looked. I mean, early on they looked great, um, but I, I just think it wasn't the the best strategy in this one. Cal Corver's back. He made a three. Didn't literally did pretty much nothing else good. Uh, the Lakers definitely targeted him defensively, and, and it worked pretty well for them. I wonder how much we'll see Cal Corver in a in a in a good playoff series. I mean, he's just. It's it's sort of like a uh, emergency release, you know. If you need like yeah. some immediate shooting in there, you right. can bring in one of the greatest three point shooters who has ever walked the earth in there, you know. Which is a good thing to have. And if not, you can just rest him. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's weird. I've sort of forgotten how Kyle Korver is on this team because he hasn't played in a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and even when he was playing earlier, it's just he wasn't playing a lot. Like, I honestly, I forgot how he fits into this team. So just he is the guy who is going to take a three every four minutes and and otherwise just and make a lot I mean, of them. Make a lot of them. Yeah, he's done a couple takes to the basket this year, actually. But he certainly was one of the players who seemed like a little bit overwhelmed. We don't see Ursan. Um, which is notable. The the Marv Ursan war is continuing to go really well for Marv. Mm-hmm. Um, Ursan would have gotten destroyed in this game. Yeah, Ursan would have been. Thank God. Thank God Ursan didn't play. If you do anything, I mean, honestly, there's nowhere you can really put him. Maybe, like, honestly, the best option might be Rondo. Um, but um, I think Rondo would get around him. Like, Rondo started to get around. I think Corver it was later. But, like, you can't even put him on, on JaVale or on Dwight because they're just going to they're just gonna catch lobs and, and dunk on him all day. He just can't get up high enough. So, good decision there. Pat C, okay game. The the tip in uh, offensive, slant, offensive rebound tip and dunk was great. 
Uh, obviously, energy, offensive tip. As he always does. Energy. Yeah, seven it's points, just, eight boards. What, the problem with that is translating that energy into actual production. Mm. So Yeah, positive production. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Pat love lately. I like uh, We talked last time about like the low Arnovitz pod, like... Uh, Zach Lowe, I think, was saying Zach, how, yeah, he was saying like, "Oh, Pat Connison's really underrated." I was like, "Is he? Is he really? <laughs> He's showing me some things." <laughs> like, I I love Patsy. Don't get me wrong, but he hasn't had like an insanely productive season. No, no, no. I mean, it's it's you know what's funny is early on, I I really thought he'd kind of turned a corner. He was really showing some flashes. He was playing within himself. He was knocking down some threes. Uh, oh, for two from tonight from Pat. But I mean, whatever that happens. He just, he just tries to do too much sometimes, too and it just doesn't. Like every time he puts the ball on the floor, if he's gonna drive, if he's not like going right to the rim to lay up or dunk, it's usually ending up bad. Like when Pat tries to drive and then pass out. I mean, he had one. I think it was that third quarter horror horror show where he drives in and tries to do like this turnaround dish, and I think it just goes directly to LeBron's hands, and that that's a bucket on the other end. I mean, when if you get LeBron an easy fast break, that's. Really, really hard to stop. That might have even been the clear path one. I can't remember. But um, Pat overall I thought was fine. Uh, like you said, provided some energy. He's a fine second or th- third. He's a fine third guard off the bench, but don't really want to see him doing much more. But he, He's made multiple threes in uh, in a game five times this year. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I feel like I can almost remember him offhand. Like not, I don't remember the teams, but I can remember the games. He's like, oh, wow, even Pat's hitting them tonight. Yeah. And yeah, just one one more uh, six times since November. Oof. So yeah, I'm not uh, a real big fan of Patsy's production this season. So that's the, if if he could just if he could be a, a solid like 36 percent, like 40 percent catch and shoot guy from three, and that's really all he did besides like offensive rebound, rebounding on both ends, and some lobs and everything. He'd be perfect. I just think. He's just not quite there on the on the shooting and and on the being able to handle the ball on the wing. Yeah, but he's shooting thirty two point eight percent on catch and shoot threes this year. That's awful. Mm-hmm. That's an awful catch and shoot number. Um, so rough, rough stuff for Pat there. But his uh, his counterpart, his other bouncy, springy can jump crew, as Marcus Johnson would say. Uh, that's all. Okay, I actually hadn't heard that. That can jump crew. Can jump crew is is it can't or can can. Can okay, so obviously a white man can't jump thing, but can jump crew. I like that. Um, Dante Divincenzo. I would call. I, I don't know if we can call it a coming out. Can, party we, can I take had... a? Can I take a victory lap really quick? Yes. So I was getting a little roasted for my takes on last episode. Maybe <laughs> share the takes. Maybe they were a little. Maybe they were a little outrageous. But were they really? <laughs> is is Dante the next Jimmy? Is Dante the next Kawhi? This game made it seem like it's in my favor. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm fe- I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I would be too if I were you. Uh, I feel good too. I said Dante is going to be a star one day. I-, I wondered when Dante would be the third best guy in the Bucks tonight. He was probably the second best. He was guy definitely in the, Bucks. the second best guy. Like that's yeah. not even a question. Yeah, second leading scorer is in evidence of that. 17 points for Dante on just 13 attempts, 3 for 7 from deep. He would have been 3 for 5, but he took two heat check threes in a row. One was an air ball. Who cares? Uh, three rebounds, four assists, one block, two turnovers. His block Somehow, was on LeBron, by the way. His block was indeed on LeBron. Somehow is a team tied for team low, minus 14, plus minus is noisy. Dante was spectacular. Well, that, that minus 14 is because his... 
he's the reason the Bucks sort of stayed afloat in that third quarter. Otherwise, yeah. they were just going to get destroyed. So yeah. he, like his his plus minus is terrible because the Lakers were doing so much damage in that third quarter while he was on the floor. But he's <laughs> the only reason this wasn't like a thirty point loss. Yeah, it, it certainly felt that way. I mean, there were times when literally nobody else could get anything going. And Dante Twelve of was the his one. seventeen points were in that third quarter, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. Um, I can check in a second, but um, certainly it was very, very nice right. to see. Well. Okay. Um, Dante, though, again, I don't know if it's a coming out party because we've seen Dante have some big games before, but, I mean, this is something I, I've said so many times, the word ready to describe Dante. He looks so ready for this, and I don't think until we get to the playoffs, there's going to be no bigger stage than this one, and it was just more of the same. He looked so, so ready, and I see a lot of people, I mean, I, I – posited on Twitter at one point, like maybe Bled should not play in the fourth quarter. People were replying like, oh, they, they have to because George Hill is out, whatever. Throw Dante in there. Honestly, throw Dante in a point guard. That's That was kind of the regular season fix when, when Bledsoe missed some time. Dante has been the spot starter for pretty much everybody except Giannis. I would not mind seeing some more Dante DiVincenzo. You have other ball handlers on the team. They need to have Chris and Giannis handling, especially Chris, a little more. But Dante just belongs out there in crunch time. It feels like he's been too good to not be on the floor. Yeah. Like early on, like before the season started, we saw a lot of the Bucks sort of hyping up Dante for the yeah. rotation. I, I wasn't buying it. I wasn't really buying it. I thought he was going to be good because he showed like really good flashes in his rookie year. I didn't think he was going to be this good. Like obviously he's not like a star yet. Uh, he's getting there. Yeah, he's not an MV, uh, finals MVP yet. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, like it's just it's coming there. Like we were we were talking, uh, like the dialogue around like the Bucks young players was like, oh now they have a farm system like they did like Bud had with the Hawks. DJ has never seen uh, a basketball like an NBA basketball court in like three years. What feels like <laughs> three years. Dragon Bender is not on the team anymore. Sterling Brown is actually getting some minutes recently and not really doing a whole lot with it. It's just Dante. <laughs> Yeah, and, but he's yeah, he's living up to the hype. He is. Unfortunately, the the lineup itself, um, Dante Matthews, Middleton, Giannis Lopez, actually is somehow minus five in the season. I wonder if some of that came tonight, um, but that's really because of some poor shooting. But I, that lineup intrigues me a little bit. Can I think you George Hill. It was Dante, Wes Matthews, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brook Lopez. Mm. See, if you if you replaced Wes with George Hill, that would intrigue me. Yeah, no, I think that's an option. I just wonder there, like, Wes, it depends who you're playing, but Wes's defense has just been so spectacular that's this true. season. But it's like if you go from, like, Dante jo- uh, Dante West to Dante George, you're not really having, like, a massive deficit in defense. No, you're really not. I mean, they've both been both been just terrific on that end. Mm. There is a uh, – I'm just poking through lineups. There's a Bledsoe-Dante-West-Chris-Brook lineup. That's plus 19. I remember those small ball Chris at the four lineups. I don't think we're going to see much of that with Marv. But anyway, I digress. Um, we just we need more Dante. Dante is awesome. Dante is – I mean, if he gets any better than he is now, that's going to be so incredibly massive for the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, it happened with Jimmy. It happened with Kawhi. It's only going to happen with Dante. Start with the defense and add from there. Yeah. Maybe a finals what? MVP. If if Dante yeah, it, it, wins Finals MVP, I deserve like a medal. Yeah, I I think we need to we need to find a way to like we we gotta like put your take on a billboard. Yeah, honestly, like, like with the, date, we like can... the podcast name, the quote, the the date. 
No, I I feel like I feel like I deserve that because I I had the audacity to say that on this podcast. Uh, billboards can't be that expensive. I feel like we can make a billboard happen. Billboard. I feel like billboards are really expensive. <laughs> are they? Like do people? I don't know. Like they're massive. I mean, yeah, they're big. I I don't know. We'll, we'll do some billboard research. If if anyone listening does billboards for a living, hit us up. Reach reach out. Let us know how much the Rohan billboard is going to cost. Um, I guess if someone wants to sponsor the billboard, that works too. Shout out to our local sponsor, D1 Milwaukee. If anyone else wants to get in on this, get in on the the Rohan Kawhi Leonard Dante DiVincenzo billboard game. That's uh, that's something we could arrange. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. That's. I think that's. I don't know if I have any other takes from this game. Somehow we've made it to forty five minutes. We always do. Mm. Bucks end up three and one against the LA teams, which is pretty good. I I tweeted this. I don't know if any team is going to pick up four wins against those two teams this year. Mm-hmm. The Bucks are two and two in their last four. Worst slump since October. Yep, so. tied worst slump of the year. They're they're currently on their longest losing streak of the season, one game. Mm-hmm. They're frauds. They're frauds. Tied. Frauds. Frauds. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, they're they're in a bit of a a bit of a rut right now, which is to be expected over in March in an eighty two game mm-hmm. season. My biggest they have priority double right digit now, losses tied. They're 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 yeah. frauds. They are fraudulent. <laughs> Not really. Um, my biggest priority right now: get everybody healthy, get get everybody back in a groove, and get ready for the playoffs. I I think I'm giving up on seventy. I think I was the last holdout. I'm over it. Let's get ready for the playoffs. Let's get 16 instead of I mean, 70. What is that? 17 and two to get. Yeah, to that's a lot. That's a lot of wins at this this stage of the season. Yeah, I feel like I feel like 67 is a good 67. Worked, 68 worked for the 14, 15 Warriors. It would work for me. Yeah. And what did they get? 67. They got 67. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of parallels between that franchise as, and this. Uh, again, as long as there's 16 wins in the postseason. It can be any number in this yes. season, and I'm fine. Because mm-hmm. they have the one seed essentially wrapped up in a uh, pretty basket. much. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the Raptors have stumbled a little bit lately. I think the Celtics just lost somewhat recently. Yeah, I think they lost to Utah. Um, so so that helps the Bucks a bit for sure. Yeah, I mean, just hold on to the one seed. Don't don't exert anybody. Overexert anybody. Although I do wonder, maybe play Giannis a little bit more. The rest of the year, he did look a little gassed in this game. Maybe try to get his wind yeah. up a little he bit. Obviously, make sure minutes. he's healthy. Yeah, it's not. I, I want to see him gassed at like forty-five minutes. Forty-five minutes is a lot. <laughs> I don't want to see him play forty. I'm saying I don't want to see him be oh, like okay. outwardly tired until he's at like forty-ish minutes. Mm-hmm. Thirty-eight, forty minutes should be the start of that. Mm-hmm. So maybe I, I just mean maybe rev him up a little bit. Yeah, the thing. You know, don't like, let him play twenty-one minutes in a blowout. Yeah, I don't want to get too much into this, but it's just the thing with Giannis is he just goes like at a hundred percent for every second he's on the court. So it's hard yeah. to play him in like massive minutes. Cause that's asking a lot for, albeit very different, but still a human body. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, tough. It's interesting because yeah. Cause you don't want to just run him into the ground in like a 12 minute quarter, like stretch, but no, no, certainly not. It's, it's tough because you're going to need him to play a lot of minutes in the postseason. Yeah, especially so, conference especially, finals, yeah. finals. Yeah, in a series like this, yeah. which first, this would first be two rounds shouldn't series. be that bad. But I almost wonder if you just play him like an even thirty-six, even if it's blowouts in the first round. You get a lot of rest. Like let him get let, let him, him get, get in a rhythm with his there. mid-range yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say do that. But yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. Well, do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? Um, I'm not like going to, but Nets firing Kenny Atkinson is yeah for weird. some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. I, uh, 
somehow that's that, that broke right before we started recording and we were both yeah. really confused about this but i mean the guy oversaw their their transformation from literally like the nba's least desirable situation in terms of picks and, and roster talent to getting kd and Kyrie. yeah i mean the playoff playoff uh birth that gets them there and, and now he will never get to coach kevin durant which it's a bummer Kenny Atkinson deserved that. I hope some smart team picks him up and, and he can take another group. Something definitely happened behind the scenes that we're not really privy to. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to just automatically be the guy who says Kyrie Irving at it again, but who, who knows? Who, I who could, knows? I couldn't we don't imagine know. that because Kyrie's now out for the season, though. Yeah, it's just... It's, I couldn't everything is imagine so weird. that it was Kyrie. They've gotten some nice wins recently, too. It's not like they're in a, no, a big like slump Toronto, right now. Boston. I think they beat Toronto. Yeah. Like... <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. Weird, weird take, but I'm fine with. Uh, I don't know who they're gonna well, get. Well, they have Jacques Vaughn for the rest of the year. I have no idea. Maybe they'll try to get Ty Lue in the summer. Is that really your end game? I mean, is a good, good, really good playoff coach. No, I, I, I understand that. That's not a knock on Ty Lue, but it's like you, you had Kenny Atkins. <laughs> I, I don't know why you do it right now. It's very weird to me to not at least wait until the off season. But and it's I'm not fine like with teams the, in the, the, East. Time, the times like, we've seen this before is like Jason Kidd to Joe Prunty. It was sort of like this sort of range, right? Yeah, just about. Yeah, Kenny Atkinson yeah, on a is team, not Jason Kidd. <laughs> wait, what'd you say? I said Kenny Atkinson is not a Jason Kidd level coach. No, no, no. I just mean like timing, and and they're, they're you know they're going to be a low playoff seed. They're probably going to have playoff games this year. No, for sure. And it's unless just... the Wizards complete a comeback here. Which who knows? The East is so bad. <laughs> the East continues to like just spin wheels aimlessly and, and not get anything done. Which again, fine with it. More more easy W's on the schedule. Yeah, the first round is get mired in this essentially. Yeah, uh, yeah, it could be a first round matchup. How far we tie from? Can we win a first round series to the first round? It's a bye. <laughs> in two years, it is nice. That's wild, but okay. Uh, did, did we did we cover everything we wanted to? I think now, certainly. I think we've gone above and beyond, to be honest. Oh. Well, in that case, we would like to thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep. On this episode, we didn't really talk about our Discord a lot, but we do have a Discord where you get a lot of fun conversations, whether it's Bucks basketball, NBA in general, or just everything. If you want to get on, on in on that, just tweet me or Ty a screenshot of you listening to this podcast, and we'll make sure to get you in there. If you really did enjoy this episode... Tell people about it, whether that's leaving a rating or review on your podcast platform of choice or telling friends and family about it. We would really appreciate the support. While you're at it, might as well check out the rest of the podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. They are all made by fantastic people, and I'm sure you'll find something that fits your taste. Once, once again, we would like to thank you for listening to this episode, and we will talk to you next time.